Hello, and welcome to another episode of Soul Care with me, Angie Fatal. My pronouns are she, her, hers. I I wanted to take a minute just to thank everybody that is tuning in right now and that has been tuning in for everybody that um, has reached out to me just to tell me that they like this podcast, that they're listening, and that it's meaningful to them. It really means a lot to me. I am on the unceded land, the traditional village sites of the Multnomah, Wasco, Cowlitz, Kathlamet, Clackamas, Bands of Chinook, Tualatin, Kalapuya, and Malala, and many tribes that made their homes along the Columbia River where I live. And I acknowledge that this land is not mine. And I hope that um, I am a good steward of something that does not belong to me. That said, I wanted to let everybody know that the last podcast that I did, which was um, two weeks ago, I had put out a request that if anybody wanted to donate to the water protectors, that I would be a funnel for that. And I had $150 come in. So I wanted to thank everybody for donating and to let everybody know that probably in the next week, I will be um, sending off that money. I wanted to give a little bit of time for money to trickle in if um, anybody wanted to um, be a part of that. But I also didn't want to start the podcast until I let everybody know that we raised $150. And to me, that is huge. So thank you, everybody. And here we go. start today a um, little differently than I normally start, but this is something that I typically do um, whenever I'm going to do something that is kind of difficult for me. I usually center myself. I come down to my office. I take some deep breaths and I center myself and kind of set the stage for whatever I'm going to do. Um, So for instance, if I'm working on my book, it's something that is a pretty big deal for me. I have to get over a lot of um, inner critic stuff, you know, things that I believe about myself that aren't true. So what I like to do is set up a atmosphere And I'm going to take you through that today before we get into what we're actually going to do. So first, wherever you are, you can do this, whether you have props or not, but take a minute. I'm going to give you a minute. (laughs) You could be walking your dog, you can be running, you could be laying on the on your bed in your room, you could be in the office, you could be driving in your car, wherever you are, take a few deep breaths. 
And as you take those breaths, I want you to visualize the places where you hold tension to relax. One of the big ones is our neck and our shoulders, our jaw. So kind of wiggle your jaw around and lift your shoulders up and down and maybe move your neck to the right and to the left, move it around, kind of imagine your skull relaxing. If you hold tension in your belly, visualize that relaxing as you let out your breath. Um, Maybe you tense up your feet or your hands, wherever it is. Just kind of let those parts of you relax. Okay, so whatever your background and whatever your practice, whether it's based in Christianity or paganism or Islam or Judaism, whatever your practice is, um, a thing that's new to me um, is something that probably a lot of Christians would think would be really witchy, whatever. (laughs) It helps me. And if it helps me, then I'm going to do what helps me. And one of the things I do is I bought this candle at a shop that I love in Portland called Roots and Crowns. And it's called an ancestor candle. And so I come into my office and I light my ancestor candle again. You can think what you want about it, but it helps me. So I'm lighting my ancestor candle. And one of the things that I do when I light my ancestor candle, it's sort of like talking to spirit. Oh my gosh, it's burning my hand because it's getting really low, is I invite the people who have made it possible for me to be here into the space and into my creativity, into the time that I'm going to be spending. I invite the positive influences, the people that stood against um, power and chaos and violence, the people that stood up for women, anybody in my family line, whether I know them or not, or my, or I identify with them, I'm not doing a good job of explaining it. Anyway, I invite them into the space and I invite them into create creativity. I also invite spirit. Now, spirit to you can just be spirit. It can be creation, it can be um, creator, it can be God, whatever it is for you, you can light a candle and you can invite that into the room to give you creativity, to help you in your work, to help you be centered and trust yourself and let those critical voices go. Another thing that I typically do, if I have it, is I um, light an incense that my friend Tamara made me, and it comes from a batch of incense that we made for Christmas gifts, which was all stuff that we had harvested in the forest. So it's got cedar in it, it's got dug fir, it's got lavender, and... 
they're really difficult to light. I guess that's the theme for the podcast today is difficulty lighting things. But you're getting to hear the matches strike, so for some people that's relaxing. And I do the same thing. I, I, this is a practice that I also take with me when I hike. And the reason I do this is I want to thank creator, nature, for what it's given me. Because I really don't think that I would be able to take care of myself in the way that I have learned to take care of myself if I did not spend the time that I do in nature and bring those things into my home. I mean, my home is filled with rocks and plants and cedar smudges that I make and juniper and all these things that have grounded me out in nature and keep me grounded in my day-to-day. So if you could see my office right now, my ancestor candle is lit, my cedar... um, incense is going in my beautiful handmade bowl that my friend Tamara made me. And then another thing that I do is um, I've got into the practice of smudging. And I, I use the things that I don't buy smudge because I feel like I want to be a part of the whole practice of making it and harvesting it and harvesting it ethically and all this other stuff. Plus, I think it can be a little bit tricky and easily slide right into um, appropriation. And, and I'm sure there are ways already that I appropriate that I have not made myself aware of yet. And, um, So one of the things that I don't want to do is I don't want to appropriate spiritual practices that are grounded in indigenous spiritual practice and and spiritual practices and medicine. And cedar is very grounding for me. So one of the things that I do is I will light my cedar smudge that I made and... I face to the north and let the um, smudge go over me. I face, I face all the directions, north, south, east, west. I do um, smudge smoke over my head and over my feet. And one of the, the things that I say when I smudge is I... I want to let the things go that need to go from what I'm saying or what I'm doing. I, I Maybe this is a better way to say it. I don't want to get in the way of the work that I'm trying to do. I don't want to get in the way of the work that I'm doing with my clients and spiritual direction. I don't want to get in the way of the work I'm doing in meditative archery and mindful archery. I don't want to get in the way of the work I'm doing in the things that I write or the things that I speak. I don't want to get in the way. That said, I also want to leave myself open to be a part of it and to be challenged. So you now have been invited into what I do 
And I don't do all three of these things every time I come into my office to work. Typically, I'll do one, like I'll light my ancestor candle and invite. And the other day, I just, I was working on a piece of art that is very tied into the work I'm doing right now with with all the parts of myself. And it's um, beautiful and painful and um, vulnerable. And so I took that... um, incense from my friend Tamara and I had that going while I was working to kind of center me and remind me who I am and then usually because of the way the weather that we've been having I have not smudged um during the summer because it's a very dry cedar smudge and um you know anything can happen that's what I do to bring ritual and connection into the work that I do because I need something to kind of ground me and give me like a method and uh, something that's like making the space sacred even if it's all bullshit you guys it helps me feel like and by bullshit I mean whether it works or not, whether it seems like magic, whatever you do that reminds you that something that you're sitting down to do is special and it needs to be given its proper due. And I think that that is unique to every individual person. What works for me may not work for you. It may seem silly or magic and maybe what works for you is more what somebody might call scientific or, um, you know, left-brained or right-brained. I can't remember which side of the brain. Whatever lets your space be your space and lets your space for whatever time you're using it as, be sacred or special or set apart, whatever you want to call it, I think is important. And so you now know what my space looks like. Maybe I'll put a, a couple pictures. My office is pretty clean because my my sister stayed with me and um, <laughs> I had to clean my office. So it's pretty clean. Now getting into what I want to talk about today. I was talking to a friend recently and, you know, we're talking about the archery workshops that I'm preparing for and all the stuff that goes into that. And one of the things she said is, um, I think she said something like people are on edge. And I've been thinking about that. And I, I think what I realized is a lot of us are holding our breath. We've gotten used to, as much as we can as humans, we've gotten used to the way things are. And then something will change really fast. Like for us in Oregon, um, I think last week they re-implemented the wearing your mask indoors, which 
I don't think they should have ever taken it away. Um, my dogs are going bananas upstairs. Somebody must be walking by our house. It's very scary. Um, and then I found out last night that they are, Oregon is reestablishing um, wearing masks outside. And I'm not against any of that. Um, I don't love teaching archery with a mask on, um, especially now that the weather's warmer, but whatever. If it keeps everybody safe, then I'm fine with it. That's, you know, that's also why we're getting vaccinated to keep ourselves and everybody else safe. I think the thing that I'm feeling is the things that we thought were pretty much proven as safe are now coming into question. So I think it's more confusion. And then school starting for, I know for some, school has already started. For us, uh, Todd just started work this week. And it's like the teacher's prep week and then school starts next week. Um, And it's not just school starting, you know, university starting and all that goes into that, grade schools, high schools, all all of the things starting up that are normally kind of chaotic in a family. And on top of it, the unknown. And we've been in the unknown for a long time now. So I just had this feeling that in some ways we're like holding our breath or maybe it's like, you know, they say when you get into a car accident and you can kind of see it coming, you have less injury if you don't know. And it just kind of happens because your body stays limp. And when a, a limp body falls or gets impacted, it usually has less injuries. It's when we like stiffen up in reaction to something like that, the injuries happen. And I kind of feel like that's how I am right now or maybe that's how all the people that I love are we're kind of bracing ourselves for something that we know is coming and we have no way to prepare ourselves for it we don't know when it's coming we don't know how long it's gonna take for it to get here we're just in constant brace bracing and breath holding not to mention all of the things that are happening in our world that are devastating. The things that are happening in Lebanon, in Afghanistan, the water keepers, the climate, flooding and hurricanes and, you know, all of it, all of it. And we are bracing. And I don't know how long a body can stay in brace, you know, embrace that sounds like we're getting ready to embrace each other but like I don't know how long a body or an emotional what's how how do I want to explain it your insides you know body mind spirit outside soul how long without it taking a real toll on our physical being, can we stay in that 
bracing position, waiting for something, holding our breath without it taking a real toll on our mental health and our physical health. And so today, with that in mind, I wanted to lead you through like a letting go, un- <laughs> unbracing our, what is, I don't even know what that word would be, relaxing our bodies, I guess, um, letting our breath go meditation. I hope that it helps you, even if it's just for the moment that you're in, in your car or walking your dog or going to sleep, that you can just go, okay, for this moment, I'm going to let myself relax. I'm going to really try to let myself breathe. I'm going to really try to release the tension. And then, you know, you might pick it right back up. And that's okay. Giving ourselves a moment where we can just let go and we're not bracing is what I'm after. So get yourself ready and I'll walk you through it. things a little different. Normally I don't lay down on the floor, but since my office is clean and vacuumed, I'm going to lay down on the carpet. You get comfortable where you feel comfortable, but I am laying down on the carpet. If you're familiar with a corpse pose, that's kind of, if you, if you are able to be laying down, that's kind of what I'm after. And a corpse pose in yoga I'm not a yoga instructor, but the way I do a corpse pose is I make sure that my shoulder blades are, I lift up and I make sure my shoulder blades are relaxed kind of under me. So when I first lay down, they're kind of spread out and I lift up and I position my shoulder blades under, you know, kind of up and under. My arms are spread out. Um, palms up, fingers spread. My legs are also spread out and my feet, you know, like (laughs) I look like a rag doll on the ground. Once you get into position, if you are not in a place where you can lay down in a corpse pose, then get into whatever position is comfortable for you or while you're walking, just make sure that you're doing what you can to relax. For some people, it can be uncomfortable to lay flat on your back um, in a corpse pose without um, either a blanket under your mid-back rolled up or um, maybe under your head and neck. The other thing that sometimes helps people is instead of having your arms out and your legs spread out, you can do um, a baby burrito. That's what we called it when our kids were little, where you take a blanket 
and you wrap yourself up in a blanket, um, probably a weighted blanket would be really amazing. And you just put it tight around your your thighs and your butt and your arms, just kind of cocooning yourself. So get into a comfortable position for you and where you're at. And then start to take some deep breaths. Don't force it, just first just kind of get a rhythm. And as you get that rhythm, let your breath deepen. My dogs are also um, helping me, reminding me to remind you that we don't always get the peace that we desire when we want it. Maybe your kids are banging on your bathroom door or your partner has interrupted you or there's yelling or traffic or sirens, whatever it is. That's real life. And so we tune in to our bodies with real life happening around us. So keep breathing. Now, as you breathe, I want you to do a quick body scan and if you're not familiar with a body scan, you can go, you can look it up online or you can go to a previous podcast that I've done where I've done different meditations and there will be a body scan in there. But I want you to kind of go through your body from the top of your head to your temples, to the back of your skull to your jaw, to your lips, and relax. Let those muscles relax. Go to your neck, go to your shoulders, your clavicle, your ribs and your belly and your arms and your hands and all down your spine into the top of your your butt. And relax. Let those muscles sink into the floor or the back of the chair you're sitting in. Or while you're walking, just visualize your muscles relaxing. Now I want you to relax your butt, your, the top of your legs, the lower part of your belly, your thighs, your knees, your shins, your calves, your feet. Sometimes it feels good to like with your hands and your feet to wiggle your toes and your fingers and then just 
let them relax. Just let all of the muscles of your body relax into the ground. When I'm thinking about relaxing or making sure that I'm not holding my breath in life, which can be hard when you have anxiety and there's stress, or when you feel yourself bracing for the next impact, one of the things that helps me is to visualize whatever is the best place for me or the best person or the pet that gives you the most comfort. For me, the thing that is the easiest to go to is a place that I've taken you all to, which is my river spot. And one of my favorite things to do, which... I talked about in therapy the other day is to float on my back with my eyes closed, sometimes opening my eyes and looking at the forest canopy. But my favorite thing is to relax and float down the river and feel the river holding me up and kind of cocooning me and taking care of me and supporting me. So that is the place that I go to. I want you to think of a person, place, or animal that brings you the most comfort. And I want you to go there right now. I'll give you a little bit of time to think about what that might be. Relaxing your body again. Returning to your breath. I want you to go to that spot, to that person, or to that animal. I want you to see yourself there. Being held by the person that is the safest for you. Snuggling against a dog, a cat, or a guinea pig, or whatever it is for you. Breathing in the smell of that person, or that animal friend, or that spot at nat- in nature. Maybe it's the beach and you can smell the sea air and you can hear the waves crashing against the shore. Maybe you're in the middle of the forest and you can smell the, the loamy soil and you can feel the coolness of shade. Or maybe it's a babbling brook and you have your feet in the water and it feels refreshing and crisp and 
cool and like the stress can leave you. Maybe your safe person is holding you and they're not holding you too tight. You know that you can get out of the embrace at any time, but it just feels good to be there and you can hear their heartbeat and there's no hurry. You just get to be there right now. And as you are in person, animal, or place, I want you to feel the constriction of your body. Relax. The bracing that you've been doing, release. The breath that you've been holding, let out. And for this moment right now, that's where you are. And it feels good. There's no pressure to be somebody you're not, to perform in ways that you're not comfortable with or you don't feel confident in. There's no shortage of time or resources. You're just where you're at. And nobody needs anything from you, just you being with you. If this feels good to you, I encourage you to stay where you're at for as long as you can. There's no pressure to move on to the next thing. You just stay put for as long as you feel like you are comfortable for as long as you can. And if you need to move on, you can move on. Returning to your body, returning to your breath. When you're ready, gradually open your eyes. Returning to the place that you're at in the present. Try not to feel guilty if immediately you are back in the worry in the breath holding, in the stress of what we're living in right now and how maybe you're not performing like you normally perform. You're not being the kind and generous person that you normally are. You can always say sorry and try to hold space for yourself and to let others into this moment that you're in. 
I think we do this thing where we're trying to shield people from who we really are because we feel like we're too much. And so we do this thing when we know our friends are going through it or our coworkers are going through it, um, that we're not honest. And I think there is, you know, there's a fine line. You can be honest with where you're at without overwhelming other people, with listening to where they're at. You don't need to shield people from what you're going through right now. If somebody asks you, you can say, yeah, I'm. it's, it's hard right now. And if they can't hear it, you'll know and try not to take it personal. They might not have the capacity and you'd rather not share with somebody that doesn't have the capacity to hear you. And, or maybe they'll go, oh, I just, I felt like I was alone in this. What's going on with you? And you can share as much as you feel comfortable. If it's a coworker, you know, that maybe you don't share a ton with, you just give a little glimpse and then you can say, what's going on with you? And maybe they'll share a little bit. But we don't need to shield people from who we are. We do need to be maybe more discerning or better connoisseurs with who can take what. So that we don't, on top of, you know, feeling isolated, also feel rejected. So don't give yourself deeply to people that you know can't handle it or have proven that they disregard you. But you can still be honest without, you know, dumping everything on other people. You can give a little to somebody at work. You know, you can be honest in the grocery line and go, yep, it's hard right now. How are you doing? You know, and then with others, you can give a little bit more. And as they reciprocate and listen, you can meet them there. I think people need to know that we're not alone, that we're not the only ones that are fighting with our partners or our children are extra stressed or we've lost the capacity to know how to socialize and we don't know how to move on, whatever it is. And it's a good, it's a good learning thing. It's a good thing to try to learn because when this is over, you'll know how to do it. You'll know how to be more vulnerable. You'll know how to um, discern who is safe to do that with maybe better and who isn't. And maybe you'll also learn who your friends are that can hold that and who those people are in your life that can't and you'll spend less time with the people that can't and more time with the people that can because that might be healthier for you. I want you to know that I'm going through it too. Things are hard and I have a shit ton of tools and things are still hard. So if things are hard for you right now, you're not alone. It's hard. This, this way of being in the world is hard. And it takes its toll. Thank you for listening. Um, 
Remember who you are. You are worth knowing. You are worth loving. You are worth being in this world. Take care, everybody. Before I say goodbye, 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 I want to let everybody know that listens that I will be in Helena, Montana on the 26th and 27th. That is a Sunday and a Monday um, teaching meditative archery workshops and mindful archery workshops. If you go to my Instagram, there will be a link in the in the show notes. Um, you can sign up and hopefully I'll get to see a lot of my friends because I'm traveling again. And then straight from Helena, Montana, I will be in Colorado. I'm going to, I'm driving you guys. I'm going from Portland, driving to Montana, having my 51st birthday with my sister, leading some workshops there, driving to Colorado. And then I will be in Colorado Um, the first week of October with Kathy Escobar at Beauty Heels um, teaching some more archery workshops. And then I will be headed back all the way back to Portland and I'll head to the coast that next weekend. My friend Amy McMullen is doing her first retreat and I'll be doing archery workshops for her I'm really excited. I mean, I've never done this before where I've traveled by car to multiple places. I usually fly. And it's been a long time with the pandemic. So it's been a long time since I've been able to do this in other states. If you are interested, go to my Instagram. And there will be updates about the Colorado workshops that I'm doing probably in the next few days. And the Montana information is already up there and you can sign up for a workshop today if you want. So if you're in those areas and you want to join, I would love that. I'd love to see people that I haven't gotten to see in a long time. If you know people in those areas that would benefit from being in their bodies, getting to shoot a bow and arrow, feel empowered and a sense of release from the stress that we're all carrying, please either buy them a spot or tell them about it. Um, because, it's really empowering and there is a physical release that you can't beat and they'll leave with all of the skills to do archery wherever they live. And thank you for listening. Please like, share, subscribe, rate, review, do all the things because it matters to me and I appreciate it. Take care.